Hello, welcome to the Grace Apostolic Church Podcast. We are so thankful that you joined us. We hope this podcast serves as a tool that encourages you and helps you navigate through this journey called life. If you wouldn't mind, we would greatly appreciate it if you would subscribe and review this podcast channel. Your feedback matters, and we want to serve you to the best of our abilities. Thank you so much. Let's go to the Word. Brother Chester's getting ready to bring forth the Word of God. Brother Chester, of course, we, we met him first as an evangelist, a great evangelist for the Assemblies of the Lord Jesus Christ. He now pastors in Charleston, West Virginia. He also leads us, and we've been talking about what's been happening in the prison ministry for the ministry for the Assemblies of the Lord Jesus Christ. Just lives are being changed and touched, and Brother, Brother Chester runs the ministry department for the Assemblies of the Lord Jesus Christ. I wonder if we can put our hands together and thank the Lord for bringing Brother Chester to the house of God. Let's welcome him as he comes this evening. Can we love the Lord together? Let's worship Him. Come on, for a moment, can we cast our cares upon Him? For He careth for us. Let's love Him and adore Him. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. You may be seated for a moment. It is my great honor to be here once again. My family. And I love this church. We love its current leadership. I believe with all of my heart that this church, this city, this district is blessed to have the Traxels in it. Love them, honor them this evening. I'm also thankful tonight to be sharing this pulpit this weekend with my dear friends. You know, the Bible commands us to fear God, love the brotherhood, and honor the king. I'm thankful for these men and their families and what they mean to me and my family. We're, we're excited about what God is doing in the, in the prison system. We've, we've recently were in Ocala, Florida, and uh, we're very thankful for what God did um, just right after Christmas, a little less than a month ago. Um, we had a wonderful time. And uh, as the previous two conferences, we were allowed to baptize in Jesus' name on the final day. It took some working, but we were able to get it accomplished. And when we walked into that place to begin our first service, have, it, have, have not met an inmate yet, we went in there and started praying and seeking the Lord and when the inmates came in, the first man came up to me and said, Pastor, did I read correctly that you guys are baptizing? And I said, yes, sir. He said, I've been wanting to be baptized for two and a half years. He said, will you baptize me? I said, absolutely. Will you baptize my friend? Absolutely. And we ended up baptizing 40 in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for the remission of their sins. And we're very excited about that. God continues to open doors. What's amazing to me is, as you know, we're not just baptizing, we're baptizing them the Bible way. Amen. Brother Mark Bishop so kindly wrote a little a prayer manual, and he put a men of honor theme to it, allowed me to write a little portion into it, and we 
try our best to raise enough money to hand them out to every inmate in our conference, and we had the funds to do it in Ocala, so we passed out those books, and that same man that came up to me and asked me about baptism, he went to his seat with his book and sat down for 10 minutes, and he came right back up to me, Brother Traxel, and he opened up that book, and he pointed to the scripture that Brother Bishop had put in the book of Acts 2.38, and he said, I'm so glad you put that in here, he said, because that's the right way to baptize people. One of, the, one of the elder inmates that had been there for years, he came up to me within 10 or 15 minutes and gave me a list of 16 inmates. He said, these men have been on a list waiting for somebody to come baptize them in Jesus' name. Very exciting. And we ask for your prayers moving forward. The Lord continues to open up doors, and we're very thankful and excited about that. I'm here tonight, I'm blessed to be here tonight, I'm thankful to be here tonight, and I'm looking forward to the fellowship with this great church and these great men, I'm looking forward to the services tomorrow, but I am here on an assignment tonight. I really believe with all of my heart that God has given me something to give you, and I want to do my best to give you what I believe the Lord has spoken to my heart and so if we can, I want you to look in the book of Isaiah, the 30th chapter, in verse number 18, if you will stand with me, and I'll have you be seated and we'll get started here. I want to give honor to my wife, my daughters, I love them very much, and I know you all love them as well. Isaiah 30, and verse number 18 the Bible says, and therefore will the Lord wait, everyone say wait, that he may be gracious unto you, and therefore will he be exalted, that he may have mercy upon you, for the Lord is a God of judgment, blessed are all they that wait, everyone say wait, for him, verse 19, for the Lord shall dwell in Zion at Jerusalem. Thou shalt weep no more. He will be very gracious unto thee at the voice of thy cry. When he shall hear it, he will answer thee. Verse 20 says, And though the Lord give you the bread of adversity and the water of affliction, ye shall not, excuse me, ye shall not thy teachers be removed into a corner anymore, but thine eyes shall see thy teachers. Verse 21, and I want to launch from this scripture tonight. It says, in thine ears, everyone say thine ears, and thine ears shall hear a word behind thee, saying, this is not a way, this is the way. Walk ye in it when you turn to the right hand and when you turn to the left. Now when asking about the state or status of something, we often say what is the current situation? What's the current situation? In other words, what is the state of things? What is the state of affairs? 
How are things? What is the surrounding situation? John asked questions from prison. What's going on? Is this him or shall we look for another? What's the situation? And as important as the current matter is, we must understand that regardless of your current situation, your situation does have a current. Your situation has a current. Your situation has a flow. Every situation has a directional movement that must be discerned and must be followed. My message to you this evening is simply your situation's current. Your situation's current. I want you to put your Bibles down just for a moment. Before we pray together, let me say this. Our text says the Lord will wait that he may be gracious. Therefore, he will be exalted. I need to remind somebody in this house that God's timing is always perfect. And the reason that the Lord waits is so that he will be exalted. It hasn't happened yet for a reason. He's being gracious to you. But I believe something will happen tonight in God's timing. Something that only he can get the glory for. If you believe that, lift your hands, and I want you to pray with me right now. Father, you see and know all things tonight. We trust you completely and unconditionally. This is your house. This is your people. And I'm believing personally for a mighty move of the Holy Ghost. It's happening overseas. It's happening in the prisons. And I believe it's going to happen here tonight among your people. We ask that you bless us tonight. We ask that you help us tonight. We ask that you guide us tonight. We ask for your direction, your holy unction, Lord, to come forth tonight and us know what it is we are to do how we are to follow, and what we are going to accomplish. I ask for your help in all these things. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody say, in Jesus' name. Clap your hands under the Lord, and you may be seated. Thank you for standing. Only dead fish go with the flow. That's what I've heard. I've heard since childhood by my great upbringing, don't go with the flow. I have found lately that the new upgraded phrase is not only don't go with the flow, but be the flow. Don't go with the flow, be the flow. I get it, that's pretty good. But I, I believe tonight it really, truly depends on the flow, on whether you want to go with it or not. More important, the direction of the flow. We are taught, or at least most of us have been taught about peer pressure. After trouble, if you were like me, the excuse is often, well, everybody else was doing it. 
And so I did it. And I can still this night hear my dad's voice. Well, son, if everybody jumped off a bridge, would you as well? And I remember thinking even as a young man, no, of course not. That's easy. I'm not going to jump off a bridge. Parents are wise in instructing their children in this regard. Recently, I said something to our church, and I want to share it with you tonight, and that is simply this. All relationships come with a current, come with a, 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 a flow. I have preached much in my ministry about the man that was paralyzed in the Bible. You know the one, the Bible said that he was born of four to get to Jesus. He was carried by four. They carried him to the place. They didn't allow the crowd to stop them. They climbed up on top of the roof and they broke the roof and they lowered him down. And the Bible said that when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the sick, thy sins be forgiven thee. And he was healed. The faith of friends made a difference that day. And that what made a difference that day was their direction and their flow. And that flow in that direction was right. He could not have had a better outcome. The situation's current trumped the current situation. I know it's a little bit of playing on words tonight, but I'm really going to try to preach this to you all. The same kind a flow, the same kind of force can have a negative effect. Think about it. The right flow in the right direction can take a crippled man to help and to healing. The wrong flow can take a whole man and cripple him. I've seen a lot of good folks fall, trip, sin, devastate, become crippled by poor influences. I'm going to need your help tonight if you would. 1 Corinthians 15 and 33, the ESV says, Do not be deceived. Bad company ruins good morals. Bad company ruins good morals. The old saying is, evil friends lead to evil ends. Amnon, the son of David, did something horrible, very wicked and terrible. And when I think of this stain in the house of David, the phrase leaps to mind. But Amnon had a friend. His name was Jonadab. He was crafty. His wicked advice to Amnon began the disastrous chain of events. Consider this. What if he had had a decent friend? What if that friend would have been a moral friend? Go with me for a moment. In my younger days, 
Had I proposed something like that, thankfully I would have had somebody to stand up to me and say, that's messed up, James. I appreciate the friends that I have on this pulpit tonight. And I believe that if I were to ask them about making a decision, a poor decision, that I would have enough value in their eyes that they would tell me, no, you can't do that. That's messed up. But the problem with Amnon was he had a facilitator of evil rather than having somebody that would stop the flow of destruction. Thank God for burden bearers. Thank God for armor bearers. But we better be careful and be watchful of grudge bearers that are bitter and flowing toward destruction. Because the truth is, people that carry a lot of bitterness and toxic resentment will require you to share the load at some point. And you have to have enough Holy Ghost to feel the current and say, I don't like where this is going. I don't like where this is heading. So in this regard, I will not go with the flow. Lord, help me tonight. I'm not going to stay on this in particular the whole night, but it makes a good point and good preaching. There are people that will facilitate evil and take you down the wrong path. Everybody needs somebody that will confront bad ideas and wrongdoing. (laughs) Can I confess something to you? After the years I have spent in ministry, I have seen certain decisions made by people, and I realize that there are some that just absolutely make independent decisions without consulting anyone, which is a bad idea. And the multitude of counselors, their safety. You already know that. I don't have to preach on that tonight, but let me, let me say it like this. I've seen some people and the decisions they make, and I'm, I'm thinking to myself, not only what are they thinking, I think to myself, what are their friends thinking? Because somebody has to rise up. And when there is a flow of destructive behavior, when there is a flow of gossip or dissent or division, there's got to be somebody that will rise up and say, no, that's not where we need to be heading. There's a flow There is a right flow in this situation. This current situation has a current, and I want to get in God's current. I want to get in God's flow. I want to get in the move of the Holy Ghost. Somebody reach out to him tonight. I really believe God's going to give direction for this church this evening. So Amnon had an evil friend 
with the wrong flow. Sin crippled the whole. Rather than a crippled man being made whole, a broken man became crippled and crippled others. So what is the current situation? What is the current situation? I want to draw our attention tonight to what is the situation's current. What is the current of the situation? And I want to let you know tonight, wisdom has a flow. Wisdom has a flow. I want them to put something on the screens for me. I know I didn't submit this, but if you can get James 3 and 14 quickly, I want them to look at this scripture. Wisdom has a flow. Somebody say wisdom has a flow. And not all is the same or equal. James 3 and 14 says, But if you have bitter envying and strife in your heart, glory not and lie not against the truth. Verse 15. This wisdom descendeth not from above, but is earthly, sensual, devilish. Verse number 16. For where envy and strife is, there is confusion and every evil work. Not from above. Demonic. When receiving advice, and I'm telling you, I feel like I'm in the Holy Ghost tonight. When receiving advice, check the source of the flow. Because if it's not from above, if it's not a flow of wisdom through God-appointed leadership and godly counsel, it's likely flesh or, worst of all, demonic. I don't need that kind of flow in my life. I need the flow of godly counsel. I need the flow of wisdom that cometh from above, not birthed out of fleshly appetites, not birthed out of fleshly desires, but birthed from heaven, descendeth from above. Somebody lift their hands right now and say, God, help me to have that current, that current of counsel in my life, that current of counsel in my mind, that current of counsel that comes from above to my mind, down through my heart, into my life. The devil... will always send adverse counsel to your pastor's direction. Always. There's always going to be a fault, faulty, a fake, a counterfeit. That's why you got to make sure that you're not just checking the details of your current situation, but discerning the flow, the current of your situation. Isaiah 30 and 21, your own ears will hear him right behind him. A voice will say, this is the way you should go, whether to the right or to the left. Every situation has a flow. Every situation has a direction. 
And the Holy Ghost is a mighty force, and we believe that the Holy Ghost is a mighty force, but I want you to know it is a reliable guide as well. God's Spirit will guide us. Now, I want to I give you a couple of illustrations before I'm done, and we'll pray tonight. But I want to give you two scenarios in the Scripture, and both of these scenarios involve prisons. If you'll turn with me to the book of Acts, the 12th chapter, I want to take you to this scene, and I want to point a couple of things out to you in regard to the subject matter tonight. Acts chapter 12 and verse number 4. Four down through verse number 10. And when it apprehended him, he put him in prison and delivered him to four quartarians of soldiers to keep him intending after Easter to bring him forth to the people. Peter therefore was kept in prison, but prayer was made without ceasing of the church unto God for him. And when Herod would have brought him forth the same night, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers bound with two chains, and the keepers before the door kept the prison. Verse number 7 says, And behold, the angel of the Lord came unto him, and a light shined in the prison, and he smote Peter on the side and raised him up, saying, Arise quickly, and his chains fell off of his hands. Verse 8 says, And the angel of the Lord, the angel said unto him, Gird thyself, bind on thy sandals. And so he did. And he said unto him, Cast thy garment about thee and follow me. And he went out and followed him and wished not that it was true which was done by the angel, but thought he saw a vision. And verse 10 says, And when he was past the first and the second ward, they came to the iron gate that leadeth unto the city, which openeth them to his own accord. And they went out and passed through one street, and forthwith the angel departed from him. Now the current, what I want to bring to you first, is the fact that the current of the situation was greater than the current situation. This should encourage most of us this evening. The, the current situation was you are locked up and appear to be going nowhere. But the situation's current was I'm going to break the chain and I'm going to deliver you. Now, regardless of the flow or the current, Peter had to have enough faith for action. Come on, somebody. He had to obey and respond to the flow that was coming his way. Now, I ask you, dear brothers and sisters tonight, was staying put, keeping your shoes on, not girding yourself with a garment. Was that on the table? Absolutely. Was keeping his shoes on optional? Absolutely. But the current was, get up and get your shoes on. I want to tell you something tonight. Sometimes, before God moves, He's absolutely going to test 
our posture and our apparel. The key to the miracle was to respond to the current. He was getting nowhere, sizing up his situation. It was time to find the current and do what thus saith the Lord. So what was that in very applicable terms? Peter, get up, get ready, and put your shoes on. The angel came, the spirit led, and Peter followed the right current. Don't let a negative flow remove you from your faith posture. Because I'm telling you tonight, right here at Feast Conference, God has got his eyes on us, and he's watching us to see what we're going to do. And laying down is not going to cut it. Kicking our shoes off and getting comfortable in our circumstance is not going to cut it. Before God opens the door and breaks the chain, he needs somebody to rise up in faith and say, I got to get my shoes on. I got to get ready for my miracle. I got to do what God says. Somebody praise him in this house. Come on, I'm challenging your faith tonight. I'm challenging your faith tonight. Come on. We don't need to sleep through 2020. It's time to get our shoes on in faith. It's time to rise up. Well, pastor, the chain hadn't broke yet. The doors haven't opened yet. You don't understand how this works. God's got his eyes on you, and he says, before I'll break the chain, you've got to obey my command. Trust me when I tell you tonight, you will not have a miraculous 2020 as long as your shoes are off and your posture is negative. Bind on thy sandals. Grace Apostolic Church. Bind on thy sandals. Traxel family. Bind on thy sandals, workers in the church. Bind on thy sandals, saints of God. You look and feel 
like you're bound. It looks bad, but I'm telling you, the Spirit of the Lord says, there is a current. There is a current. And when God's got a current, there ain't a lock that can hold you. There ain't a cell that can keep you. There ain't a prison that can house you. Bind on the sandals. Let's lift our hands to him right now. Lift our voices. Come on, we need to respond to the Spirit right now. We need to respond to the Spirit right now. I feel a heavy anointing. I feel the presence of God coming into this place. You've been calculating. I'm telling you, I see it in my spirit right now. You've been calculating. You've been down with the calculator. You've been looking up formulas. You've been looking at new programs. You've been looking at all these different things, trying to come up with the formula. How am I going to get out of this? I'm telling you, the Spirit of the Lord sent me here to tell you, you're going to have to stop assessing the current situation, and you've got to find the current that's in the situation, and the current is saying, get up. You're not defeated. The current is saying, get on your shoes even though it don't feel like I'm going anywhere tonight. I've got to hurry. Acts 16 and 24. Is my 30 minutes up? Is Is the buzzer going to go off? Acts 16. Let's look at Acts 16 real quick. Second scenario. I'm just going to talk. I'm I'm going to just talk to you a little bit. We follow the word of God. We obey the word of God. We don't do anything that the Word of God forbids. But there's a level of faith that we must have as a church to act and respond when it don't really make a lot of sense. And I will tell you sometimes, in the kingdom of God, being an absolute realist in the Scripture, there will be times that God will absolutely demand you do what doesn't seem right in the moment. And I don't mean like right or wrong is good and evil, but I'm talking about something that just don't make sense. What are you talking about putting my shoes on? Did you not see where they dropped me off here in the middle of this prison? You not see, in other words, you don't see my circumstance here? I'm going to tell you right now, he'd have died in that prison. I believe he'd have died in that prison had he put his shoes on like God said. Stuff didn't start happening. Brothers and sisters, until he started getting in the flow of what God was saying. I'm thankful that we have a generation now that comes to the altar. But we've got to get back to being a generation that's moved to the altar.
That ain't going to make sense in a tweet, but you know what I'm trying to say tonight. We got to get that urgency in our heart that we're moving. You know why? Because it's not just a place that I come up here and stand. There's a flow. There's something in me that's saying, I got to let the preacher pray for me. I've got to get around my brothers and sisters. I've got to respond to this current. Acts, Acts 16. Look at Acts 16 and verse 24. Acts 16 and 24. It says, who having received such a charge, thrust them into the inner prison. Oh, here we go again. Devil likes to put people in the inner part of the prison. That's where he wants you to be. He wants you to be so intimidated by the levels of situations that you have that you don't do anything. You know, if you're on the outside, if you're only one wall away from freedom, you can have a little hope. But when you're thrust in the middle of the prison, you hadn't seen the sun in a few days It's depressing. That's the place that Satan likes to keep people. In the inner part, in the inner prison, verse number 24. Made their feet fast in the stocks. Now watch this. At midnight, Paul and Silas. Now we love this, don't we? Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God, and the prisoners heard them. And suddenly, somebody say suddenly. Why? Because there was a flow. There was a current. And the current wasn't discouragement, depression. It's like, hey, let's sing a little bit. It's midnight. Paul and Silas prayed, sang praise unto God. Prisoners heard them. And suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundation of the prison was shaken. And immediately all the doors were opened. And everyone's bands were loosed. My goodness. My word. And what a testimony up to that point. They could have the same testimony as Peter. My bands have been broken. I've been set free. And what do you do when the bands break and the doors open? You leave. That seems like the most logical thing to do. But you know, most people don't even know this. But do you know God opened up the prison doors for Paul and Silas? And you know what they did? Stayed. Now some of you are looking at me like, oh, preacher, I think you're wrong. No, read it. Read it. They didn't go out like Peter with the angel. I'll read it to you. Let's look at the scripture together. Look at the scripture. Verse 27 says, now, now back up just a little bit. All the doors were open, everyone's bands were loose. And the keeper of the prison awakened out of his sleep, seeing the prison doors open, he drew out his sword and would have killed himself, supposing that the prisoners had fled. But Paul cried with a loud voice, saying, Do thyself no harm. Watch this. For we all are here. We are all here. God broke the bonds and was leaving on the table. Yes, absolutely. Who would have not considered leaving? What a story. God broke the bonds, and now I can get out with a testimony. But the situation's current wasn't such. And Paul's powerful words were, 
do thyself no harm, for we are all here. When it would have been easier to leave, Paul says, I'll stay. Do thyself no harm. Now, I'm going to tell you, there's a clear message right here. Without the presence of a man of God, we can truly do ourselves a lot of harm. But thank God for a preacher that could have left a long time ago, but determined, I'm not going to leave because the current says stay. Come on, somebody, you ought to give God praise for a man of God that will stick it out when time gets tough. Why does he attack his family so much? Why does the devil attack the pastor so much? Why does he attack the first lady so much and the family? He's trying to dislodge them from the place where God's current is. And I'm not here to pin roses. I promise I'm not. I love Pastor Traxel. But I say this, I say this in the spirit of the Holy Ghost tonight. This man and his wife could go anywhere in this country and be a great team. And any church would be happy to have their ministry. They could move on and nobody would say a word. They could be blessed. They could be out and go somewhere else. But that's not what the flow says. The flow says stay and thank God for a pastor that will lift up his voice every week and say, hey, don't kill yourself, jailer. I'm still here. I'm still here. Don't kill yourself. Stop harming yourself. Stand with me tonight. Music come. Lift your hands. Lift your hands unto the Lord right now. Rather than evaluating the situation itself, let's consider the right current in the situation. And the current in Peter's situation says, walk out with the angel leading you. But in Paul and Silas' situation, the current says, stay And what a testimony when he was loosed and could have went somewhere else. When the bands of responsibility had been broken and he could have walked out. He didn't walk out. He stayed. Why? Because that's what God wanted. There was a jailer and a family that needed salvation. There was people there that needed to hear the gospel. And people are a wreck without a pastor. I don't care how much they watch gospel on TV. I don't care how much they watch it on the internet. Without an active pastor in their life, they are a wreck and they are a damage to themselves. But thank God for a man of God that'll go through the storm, that'll go through the midnight hour, that'll take the pain, that'll go through the trouble and say, yeah, that's right. When the dust settles and opportunity abounds and I could go somewhere else, the Lord says, no, I'm going to stay right here because that's where the current is. That's where God's flowing. That's where God's moving. Let's reach out to him right now. I'm telling you, there's a move of the Spirit. God wants us to get into it tonight. 
God wants us to move our way forward like Paul did. Feel our way. Feel our way. Let the Spirit draw us to a place where God can bless us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's lift up our voices in this place right now. I'm telling you, there is a mighty move of the Holy Ghost that God's wanting to pour out on this congregation tonight. Come on, lift up your hands and lift up your voices. If the music will go ahead and play something right now. Come on, ministers and ministers' wives. Let's lift up our hands. Let's lift up our voices. There is a direction. There is a flow in this room. I believe that the Lord has sent us here, has put us together tonight for this occasion. And he's got a supernatural flow that wants to break down strongholds, that wants to break the chains of some of the saints of God right here in January. I'm telling you, you thought, some of you tonight, you thought just getting out of 2019 was all that you needed. But no, you need a new vision. You got to put on your sandals. You got to get yourself ready. You can't have the same habits of 2019 and expect a different result in 2020. It's now, right now is the time you need to break forth and say there's a current that's pulling me. There's a current that's calling me. There's a great call going forth and it's my name. It's telling me to respond it's telling me to respond come on move out right now move out right now move out right now move out with an urgency with the spirit of God move out right now thank God thank God for his pressing thank God for his anointing thank God for his direction thank you again for joining us here at Grace Apostolic Church Hopefully this message spoke to you as it did for many others. Grace Apostolic Church is a church family that you can be a part of. If you would like to connect to the church, the best way would be to visit our website at gacclawson.org or visit one of our services. Our service times are Sundays at 11 a.m. and Wednesday nights at 7.30 p.m. For more information, you can go online at gacclawson.org. Thanks again for joining us. We'll see you next time.